shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey there. I am so glad that you are here. Welcome to episode three of the Carlos Whitaker podcast. It is Thursday, January the 18th, 2024. And I want to lean into something that I have felt this week is something that we all need to lean into just a little bit. A conversation that, you know, honestly, none of us really want to have, none of us want to think about, but I think we should. And that is honestly navigating the turmoil of what this political year is going to bring us while preserving our relationships. It's going to take work. And this is something that I've been trying to do for a long time. And I'm actually recording this podcast. I won't be home yet by the time you listen to this. I'll be on an airplane, but from Kigali, Rwanda. And I feel like there's some stuff to learn from the Rwandan people, although that's not going to be the crux of this conversation. But when it comes to what what it looks like to be in relationship with people that you vehemently disagree with and that you may or may not agree with their perspectives and points of views. And I just feel like this year has to be done on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's got to be done in a way that we don't just kind of close our eyes I mean, you know, like like when you're watching a scary movie, and I don't know if you still do this now, uh, but when I was a kid or when I'm a 50-year-old man, when I get to a scary part of the movie, what do I do? I close my eyes until it's over. 
right? And or I like plug my ears. And what what ends up happening inevitably is, you know, you you protect yourself from seeing something that you don't want to see. Can I tell you something? That is not the way to go about 2024. We have to understand that we all come from different political persuasions. We all value those political persuasions, uh, but we also value, hopefully, the relationships that we have with people of different political persuasions. And I would assume we'd all want to avoid conflict amongst whatever political disagreements we may have. So that's not what the relationships become. You know, we, we know that the political climate, I mean, I am in Kigali, Rwanda recording this conversation and my Twitter feed is nothing but the Iowa caucus. And what, what I see is, you know, a lot of my friends that are commenting on it that, you know, one may be voting for one candidate or wanted another candidate to go or, you know, is, is this really kind of gross name calling? I just think to myself, what does the rest of the world think about how we're doing politics right now in America? And so I made the uh, decision today to ask my Rwandan safari guide what her thoughts were on how America does politics. And I won't put her name down because she told me not to say her name. But I said, what, what, I mean, my question was simple. What do you think about when you hear about American politics and she started laughing and she just said, you guys are crazy. Now, I think that is a very accurate description as to what our political climate feels like. Crazy, right? Crazy. Now, I am a proud American. I'm a proud of a first generation immigrant to the United States of America. And I agree with my safari guides perspective that it is and it has gotten crazy. But as we acknowledge, right, that there is potential for increased tension, increased division, that, that like, I want to acknowledge that, you know, and as we state what the current political climate is, I looked on Twitter, it's crazy. People are already losing their minds. I think we have to remember the importance of not closing our eyes and plugging our ears and looking away for the entirety of the year. I think we need to honestly really lean into the importance of strong personal relationships, making sure that we have them regardless of political differences. So what are the goals here? Here's the quick goals of the podcast today. And I think it's going to be really helpful. I want to really provide like practical tips for us to navigate political discussions while we're preserving relationships. That's the goal. Okay. Providing practical tips for navigating political discussions while preserving relationships. Okay, so first things first, what's the challenge? What is the challenge that we are faced with? Okay, I think the challenge lies beyond disagreements. I, th I think the challenge, I mean, people can disagree on a lot of things, right? There, I mean, I disagree with my wife on a lot of things, with my friends on a lot of things. We disagree, but there's something there's there's almost a the challenge is like realizing that it's more than just disagreements politically there's actually a psychology behind the political polarization that we see and how it really affects our relationships okay so like to understand the challenge i think we have to understand that there actually is psychology literally 
there's like a psychology of polarization that is eroding. Not only I've not seen it erode my relationship with some close friends over the years, which most of them I've gotten back. Some of them I've not, but I've watched it erode those relationships. It does feel like a battlefield. I mean, you got friends drawing, drawing lines in the sand. You see people so blatantly write things on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And you're like, wow, like these people like are really like digging trenches, right? You got friends, you got families uh, that are family members that, that are like digging trenches. And suddenly those relationships crossfire begins to happen. There's casualties in the middle of it just because you have opposing ideologies. So like, why did I, the question is why, right? What is driving this chasm? Like, like what's driving the chasm growing wider and wider? And honestly, like, how does it manage to seep into the very fabric of our personal relationships? Well, I, th- I think it does lie in a lot of psychology. There are very specific psychological influences that make polarization grow wider and deeper and really just leave all of our relationships frayed. And I just feel like this is the year that that doesn't have to happen. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a few of these and I want you to think, okay, because it's going to be, what's going to be really easy for you to do for me to do as well is to hear this and then apply it directly to somebody that we know. Okay. So like, I'm I'm going to read three or four things that, that maybe deals with the psychology of political differences, or really the polarization of politics. But I don't want you to think of somebody else. I want you to think about yourself. And I want you to think about how this is affecting you. Okay. This is hard, but I think we can do it. Okay. So what is the first one? The first one is, and we, we all know them. We've all got them, but it's called the echo chamber effect, right? And that's a world where every single conversation like reinforces your existing beliefs, right? Where dissenting voices are silenced and they're dismissed. And what's actually horrible and what's real about echo chambers, okay, so is that when you're in an echo chamber, literally social media curates information that feeds your pre-existing biases, So suddenly, like you're hearing it more and more and more. Next thing you know, when you surround yourself by like-minded individuals, nothing but like-minded individuals, we suddenly have this like this sense of righteousness that gets amplified inside of us, right? And as like our sense of righteousness is amplified, you suddenly start seeing like opposing viewpoints that are the opposite of feeling righteous. They're like demonized. So when you're in this echo chamber and you feel like, because you're hearing nothing but things you believe in and your righteousness is like growing and growing. And while opposing viewpoints are demonized and they're just kind of getting crushed and crushed, what it does is it creates a, honestly a distorted truth, a distorted reality where literally there is no nuance and there's no compromise. Nuance and compromise. Um, nuance. I mean, can, can, we, can that be the word of the freaking year, 2024? Nuance. Let's have a little bit of nuance. Compromise, Lord have mercy, that that may as well be a four-letter word, compromise. No, let's have more compromise. The only way to step forward and to see things get done is through compromise. There's nothing you do, uh, uh, hopefully, 
There's nothing that you do that doesn't involve somebody at least compromising something in order to get something done. You look at the history of the United States of America, it's compromise after compromise after compromise in order for the country to move forward. If nobody is willing to compromise and nobody's willing to have nuance in their conversations, they're just living inside of echo chambers, okay? And when that happens, I'm telling you, people begin to get demonized and it's really just not reality. So are you living in an echo chamber? Do you have the echo chamber effect happening to you? I purposely make sure that I'm following people on a daily basis that I disagree with. And you know what happens is every once in a while, I'll find something that they say that I agree with and it makes me realize that they're not wrong about everything. That's the echo chamber effect something called the group identity trap. Okay. Now, again, nothing is wrong with finding people that believe what you believe. Okay. Nothing is wrong with uh, identifying with people that, you know, I mean, it's, it's a human tendency to identify with people that favor you. Right. So like, so suddenly a political affiliation comes in. It's 2024. I'm a liberal. I'm a conservative. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm an independent. Well, it's what, what happens is, it becomes a badge of honor. And I think that's when it gets dangerous, right? It becomes a marker of belonging. I am liberal. I am conservative, right? That, that honestly should not be a badge of honor, okay? It should not be a marker of belonging, okay? Because what, what happens and the danger is that you start seeing people on the other side as threats, I'm telling you, this is what happens. It fuels prejudice, it fuels hostility, and it makes it difficult to see people that you disagree with politically as individuals with valid concerns. I just, whew, it happened. I look back at myself in 2020, and although I was, I, I think, appro- approaching uh, the 2020 elections with as much nuance as possible, you know, I'm, I'm four years older than I was back then. I was just in my mid-40s, no more. I'm a different person than I was even back then. Now, do I still lean politically in the same direction? Yeah, but not completely. There's some things that have shifted. There's some things that have changed. And I just think that if we wear our political affiliation as a badge of honor, it's dangerous. We get trapped. We get trapped in that group identity. So is this you? Is like, are you known by your circles? Are you known as your political affiliation more than anything else that you are? It's dangerous. I'm telling you it is. Unless you're a politician, I just think that there needs to be more that represents you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I got a question for you. What are some things that you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it, right? This is like the opposite of new year, new you, right? Around new years, what do we do? We get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Guess what? Therapy can help you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolution culture and make changes that really stick. I have found that therapy for me isn't just about fixing things that are broken, but it's about making things that are already working even better. And I've loved 
going to therapy for this reason more than the other reason, okay? If you're thinking about starting therapy, I want you to give better health a try. Here's the cool thing. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash human hope today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash human hope. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I'm, I'm going too long on these. How about this one? Now, confirmation bias. Okay, this, this has to do with psychology as well. You know, we're all seeking information that concerns our existing beliefs, right? And we're looking for information that dis- dismisses anything that contradicts them. But confirmation bias, it really acts like a filter. And that filter is distorting the perception of reality. And it's making us, I don't know, ignorant to anything that's challenging us. So confirmation bias, make sure that you don't have that blind spot where you're just seeking information that concerns your, that confirms your existing belief. What I like to do very specifically is every single time I start researching something that I believe in, I'm like, yes, this is growing bigger. Yes, I'm getting there. I want to make sure that I'm researching people that believe differently, the almost the opposite of what that thing is. Okay. So like take, take for instance, uh, oh, here, here's a great, a great one. Here I am. I'm in Rwanda and I used to take photos of this is not political. This is just something else. I used to take photos of all the children as I'm, you know, if I'm trying to raise money or trying to get kids sponsored, like babies, because babies are cute. They're beautiful. And everywhere I go, I take pictures of myself holding the baby. Well, suddenly I realized that the baby can't talk and the baby can't, doesn't really even give me permission to post its photo on my social media. Now, if there, there's a mother there that says yes, then that's totally fine. But if it's just a baby or a toddler and it doesn't understand. So, you know, what I'm going to, what, what I, I used to do was one thing, right? And I would have confirmation bias and I would just look for people that confirm my existing belief that, yeah, well, I'm doing good. So I should be able to put their photo online. Well, if you look at my stories from the last few days, I've tried my hardest. To, I tried my hardest to hide the faces of kids that aren't in primary school. And they're younger kids that can't give me their permission or their parents can't give me permission. Now that, that is something, okay, that I had to find a different perspective from somebody else that was holding that different perspective than I. And it actually helped form like a new perspective for me. So, I mean, okay, so I, hopefully you get it, right? Like this is the psychology, the psychology of polarization. And what I want you to get to is just understanding that there literally is, literally is psychology behind it. And a lot of the media 
is pushing you into a certain form of psychology when it comes to this, right? And all of the things that I mentioned, I mean, there's a few more, I'm not going to get into them right now, but just understand the challenge, right? That there is psychology behind political polarization. Now, as you're communicating, okay, there's, there's certain pitfalls that you run into in political conversations with your friends. And I think that quite possibly we can just make it a, make it a practice to not do these things. Okay. So what are they? What, what, what are, what are these things that we maybe fall into? The first one, okay, is, oh, even before I get to the first one, uh, again, I, I want you to, I, I want everyone to know that I understand that it, it literally is like navigating a minefield. So political conversation, they present traps, right? Like literally ready to like cave in your entire life. So what are these pitfalls? Okay. Number one, overgeneralization and stereotyping. We all do it and it's dangerous. Okay. So like imagine me walking into a room and judging everybody in the room based on the color of their shirt. Now that's absurd, but I'm just judging it. Well, of course that's absurd, but in political discussions, like I, I'm just going to use the I here. I'm not going to say we, but I, I often will end up doing this over generalizing and stereotyping, like painting an entire group with the same brush. We see it all the time. We see it in comment sections. Oh, all liberals are snowflakes. All conservatives are racist, right? Like it reduces complex individuals into what? Like a cartoon character, a caricature. That, that's what it does. And honestly, it invalidates their experiences. And so when you do that, it shuts down any chance of meaningful dialogue. And dialogue is what has to take place in 2024. We have to dialogue. No more just pounding at the keyboard, putting your statements out there of what you believe without listening to somebody else. Every single time, you retweet something or you post something about your perspective, I want you to try to find somebody or something that can explain the opposite perspective and not just to argue, but to understand. Okay. So let's not shut down those avenues for understanding. Let's not shut down those avenues for empathy. So that's the first one, overgeneralization and stereotyping. Number two, this one. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Emotional and personal attacks right? Like hijacking people's emotions. If there's something we get, we can get passionate about. And I, again, but I, I don't want you, to, I don't want you to hear this podcast is like, we have to like walk the middle ground. No, I, I, politics are very important. There's issues that are very important, life and death stuff. I'm not saying that we can't have passionate opinions. Politics are passionate, right? They're, they're enraging. But when emotions hijack the conversation, what happens? Well, I mean, what happens anytime, right? Like, like when a, to- a toddler starts throwing a tantrum, what happens? Logic goes out the window. When a 30 year old starts throwing a tantrum, what happens? Logic goes out the window and suddenly it's replaced by like personal attacks, name calling, calling somebody dumb for disagreeing. <laughs> I mean, I saw this, like literally somebody today on Twitter called somebody dumb for questioning. Okay literally called somebody dumb, not for, but when questioning their patriotism, because they hold a different stance, that's not helpful. But it also creates this atmosphere of hostility where you can't talk anymore. Discussion's impossible. So instead of letting your emotions get hijacked and starting to attack personally, what do we do? Okay, ready? Instead, 
Like, focus on addressing the actual arguments themselves, not the person making the argument. Big, big difference. And it's, and it's so hard, especially when we're talking about somebody that we don't know, right? That, that's, that's the hardest part. So why don't we, instead of attacking the person, you can talk about the idea. Okay. Address the argument, the idea, not the person making them. I, I just, I just think that we all know that respectful disagreement is way more productive than, you know, emotional disagreement and emotions aren't bad, right? Like my friend, any of down says emotions can ride shotgun, but they can't drive the car. Okay. Number three, and this is a big one. We do this a lot. I, I've had a hard time trying to fix this one, but dismissing or invalidating somebody else's viewpoints, especially if they're opposing, like imagine somebody telling you that, I mean, I mean, this can happen. What if, what, like my favorite food is pizza. Okay. So imagine somebody telling me that, that pizza is objectively terrible. Now, would I feel understood? Of course not. Like they're dismissing and invalidating my viewpoint completely. That's not helpful in food discussions, nor political discussions, right? Here's an example. Here's a phrase. This phrase right here. Ready? That's just ridiculous. Okay. You can't say that. Okay. 2024, we're not going to say that's just ridiculous. What are you doing? You're invalidating everything about that person's point of view. You can't say that. Okay. Or how about this one? You're obviously wrong. No. What does that do? That shuts down any chance of exploring any reasoning behind their point of view. How in the world do we expect to be able to have a conversation with somebody if we completely shut down their point of view? So you can't say you can't say that's just ridiculous anymore. Okay, we're done. Carlos Whitaker podcast, Insta Familia, no more. All right. So what do we do instead? Well, instead we we can you know, just try, it's going to be hard, but try to understand there's an underlying concern and motivation behind somebody's viewpoint. Okay. So again. If you get to the underlying concern, the, their concern is tr- is real, okay? So whether or not you agree with their perspective on how to fix that concern, their concern is still real. So you may end up finding that you have the same concern that they have, right? Absolutely, that could happen. But when you do that, suddenly you acknowledge the validity of their perspective, and that can go a long way forward in fostering a lot better conversations. So I just think that these few things can help us. This week, we are partnering with Indeed.com again because they actually work. Listen, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. One of the things I love to do, even when I'm not looking for somebody to hire, is to go onto Indeed, type in something that maybe one day I'm going to hire, and guess what it does? It actually helps me dream, and I know that I'm going to be able to find that quality candidate on Indeed. Listen, if there's one thing I don't need, it's busy work. I will use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so that I can connect with candidates faster and you can too. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. 
I, Carlos Whitaker, was able to pull this off on my own. And if you know anything about my admin skills, you know that they are. And if they're that bad, well, Indeed can make it easier for me. They leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Okay, so listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash human hope. Just go to indeed.com slash human hope right now and support our show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm going to give you some quick hits here. Focus on specific issues, not broad brush labels. Okay. Number two, ask clarifying questions instead of making assumptions. Very important. Okay. Number three, actively listen to understand, not just to counter. Number four, acknowledge the validity of opposing viewpoints, even if you disagree. Hmm. What, what, how can you acknowledge the validity of a viewpoint if you disagree? Well, the viewpoint's still valid. It doesn't mean that they're right. Okay. And here's a big one. Use I statements to express your own concerns without attacking others. Like you're obviously wrong, right? So just do that. So again, re- during the, this little part, remember that political discussions, when you have them with respect, Okay. They can be really valuable. And I, and I think this year we're going to have to do that. Understand that they are valuable when you don't get emotional about them, when you don't, I don't know, overgeneralize, you know, hijack the conversations by personal attack, personally attacking somebody. I just, I think we can do better. I think we can do better. Okay, so once we understand the challenge, uh, right? Again, what understand the challenge. There's a psychology behind all the polarization that we're finding. Also, we can make sure that we uh, like avoid some of the pitfalls, like overgeneralization, stereotyping, hijacking with your emotions, personally attacking people, dismissing people, invalidating people. We we've got that down. Okay, then we practice some of these strategies that we put together. And then last but not least, I, I think this is going to be helpful. And I think it may feel impossible, but you can actually do it. Find common ground. But Carlos, you, you, you don't even understand. They are idiots. What they believe, what they honestly believe is going to absolutely and totally ruin the country. You still can find common ground. You can still find common ground in spite of your disagreements. And when I'm saying common ground, I'm I'm telling you, every single issue has some common ground. Every single one. Okay. So find it. I, I don't I don't think there's strategies to be able to do that that I can give you. Just find it. Dig for it, right? Today, I wanted to see an alligator. Jamie wanted to see a hippo. The van was parked in a place that the alligator, I could see better than Jamie could see the hippo. She really just wanted to see the hippo. I could have very easily said, I don't want to see the stupid hippo. I just want to see the the alligator. Well, what that would have done, that would have like invalidated her feelings towards hippos. So guess what I was able to do? Hey, hey driver, can you move the car up like three feet? That way I can still see the alligator and she can see the hippo. We found some common ground. 
you can have that um, moment even in the midst of horrible political conversations, I promise. And listen, there are shared values that you have and that you hold with some of your friends and family members. There are, okay? I mean, I hate to tell you, but like Republicans and Democrats, they're actually both good groups of people, okay? They, um, they are. And not only that, but I see it happen in the Insta family all the time. Again, when I do a giving blitz, nobody asks me, hey, can you tell me who the person voted for before I Venmo you the money? No, they, no. Why? Why, why? why don't people ask me that? Why? Well, you know why? Because that's not the point, okay? What are shared values? How can we get them? Yeah, you know, well, I mean, again, I've got a, a good friend of mine that we uh, vehemently disagree politically, but we both root for Nashville SC. So guess what we did? We bought season tickets for Nashville SC. And guess what we get to do? We get to root together every week next to each other for a bunch of sweaty dudes on a soccer field. And what has that done? That's healed and bridged the division in our relationship. What, what, how about having conversations about things that aren't politics? Oh my gosh, can we actually talk about other things besides politics this year? I know we're passionate about it, but let's do it. Okay, what what were they? I mean, again, I want to go over a few of these things. The, the psychology, the echo chamber effect, uh, the group identity trap, confirmation bias, blind spot, right? Knowing that it's, it's going to be emotional, understanding that it definitely psychology plays a part in political polarization. And then again, let's just explore all of the things that we screw up when we're having political discussions like overgeneralization, stereotyping, emotional hijacking, resorting to personal attacks, and dismissing and invalidating the point of view of the person that you disagree with. I just think that these takeaways, if you just write them down, just pick one, pick one to practice a week, one of them. I am optimistic about the possibility of maintaining healthy relationships in a politically charged year. So here, here's what I want you to do. I'm, I'm going to encourage the Carlos Whitaker podcast listeners to reach out to friends and family right now today. I want you to reach out to a friend or family member that, you know, even as the Iowa caucuses happened, you may have seen some things uh, that they posted or that you they've talked about in front of you. And I want you to have a conversation with them, especially if you disagree with them. This is the whole point about something that's not political. We're just going to start there, start as easy as that. Listen, I want to thank you guys uh, and gals so much uh, for listening to this. I think this is going to be helpful. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know. Like, how do we navigate the political turmoil that we're going to face this year and preserve our relationships? I just think this is the stuff that the future of this country needs to be based on. And I think we can get back to a place where politics doesn't have to be as nasty as it is. uh, And the conversations about politics don't have to be as nasty as they are as well. Was this helpful? I hope it was. I'm just so grateful for all of you. And you know what's really helpful is if you share, literally share this podcast, okay? If you're listening on Spotify, there's a little share button. You can share it. It'll go straight to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places. And I would, I would, I would love if you guys shared the podcast. Thank you so much for all the support in just the changing of the podcast, the direction it's going. I still feel like this podcast has grown up and you've grown up with it, right? You've grown up with it. So thank you, Carlos Whitaker podcast listeners. And I will see you next week 
on another episode of the Carlos Whitaker Podcast. <laughs>